A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the king of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm Elfekidor Laurie Blake and I am joined by Adam Blompier. All right. All right, mate. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. We talk about How dogs a lot in this uh, edition. Yeah, of dogs. So I hope you I hope you like dogs. Uh, dog I hope you like pictures being ill-described because we also do that for a little bit when we're talking about the dog mostly. Dog. So you, if, you, if you can imagine a corgi, <gasps> imagine, start imagining a corgi now because you're going to need it. But oh, also... Oh, oh, stop it. That's great. Cool. It's, I love corgis. And I talk about corgis loads in this episode. It's the best episode of NXT we've ever done. Mm, it's the best episode of NXT in a long while. And that's probably because the main event between Sasha Banks and Io Shirai was blooming fantastic. And also saw Asuka return to NXT. Here's the show. first night of the Great American Bash ended up having Asuka appear from beneath the ring, I think, where she must have been hiding for quite some time to spit goop into Sasha Banks' face, uh, something which has been discussed multiple times and seemingly is probably still inadvisable in the current climate, but it was a cool visual and an interesting end to what was a very good main event for the show. We'll go through the rest of the show in a bit, but we'll start with talking about the main event because this was Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai for bragging rights, I guess. And as as expected, Sasha Banks is going on to face Asuka at Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's Championship, so she needs to look strong. Was it not not for the NXT Women's Championship? It was not, no. It was a non-title match. Oh, okay. I don't know why I went in thinking it was for the NXT Women's Championship. Well, because that would just make sense. I think, yeah, Sasha, they, I think the problem is they couldn't do that because they're hyping up the Sasha Two Belts thing for the Asuka match. So they just went for, this is just for fun, I get, funsies for for (laughs) Sasha and Bailey to probably make into a very long running bit that they're going to do. It was fun. It it was was a lot of fun. fun. But we, we fell into the tricky trap of both people needed to look quite strong here. Io Shirai, who is the, the newly minted NXT champion, um, she needed to look strong. 
she's had she this is her first like it's not a defense but this is like her first proper match since winning the belt really um and then you've got Sasha Banks who is about to go and face the Raw Women's Champion and so needs to look strong too so then we get into this situation towards the end of the match where they need to work out how to do that we'll loop back round to this in a second because let's talk about the rest of the match because it was I thought this was the this was easily the best thing on the show. This was so nearly like a takeover quality match. This this had like twenty minutes uh, right at the end of the show. The, the the show itself was like a full two hour one. They they were they were showing stuff in the breaks, but this was non commercial. There was there were no commercials during the uh, main event. Um, as sponsored by. I can't remember Mountain it Dew. Mountain it was their Mountain Dew. Dew main event. Oh yes, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I thought this was really, really cool. Like Sasha came out like in in an, a Jaguar F type with uh, her dog in tow. So um, can we talk about the the NXT debut of Ryu, who is uh, Sasha Banks's corgi? Because obviously that is the main event. I'm not sure if people know this about me, but I love Corgi so much and pretty much half the people I follow on Instagram are Corgi accounts. And I basically, if you don't mind, I've just prepared a little slideshow of lovely Ryu memories taken on, from uh, Ryu's t- Twitter account. So obviously you have the the big, look at him, He's just Aww. licking his own snoot there. Uh, that is obviously him being held by Bailey Two Belts and Uno Dog. Uh, there we have. Oh, oh look! Look, he's wearing a little bow tie for the and a great American bow tie because he's a great American boy. Uh, we, there's there's tiny Ryu having a little nap. Isn't he mm-hmm. sweet? There's a bit of a that's either a flannel or a towel. Uh, not not clear there. Uh, another little nap, but fully grown Ryu. He's a big tired boy. He's probably tired from all of his days being actually Spider-Man. Look at him there. He's a little superhero buffer. Friendly neighborhood corgi. Uh, a little glimpse into Ryu's future here. Um, I believe, uh, obviously, the Hall of Fame had to be called off this year. Uh, but if not, Ryu would have been uh, a fully mm. fledged member. Noble boy. Ooh, there he is, him. having a strap match with Dexter Loomis. Surveying his kingdom. And he's another little having another little nap there he's uh wrestling a dinosaur takes after his takes after his mum and it's just a little just a, oh he's low he's he's delightful Lauren. so yeah i think we've worked not, out why why adam didn't know that this match wasn't for the nxt championship there we go look, look <laughs> at him look he's he's look at his look at him making a little entrance there it's delightful he's wonderful such a, <laughs> such a good boy Oh, let's go through all the photos again. So that's no, obviously I'm, so, him. I'm very sorry, <laughs> podcast listeners. Look this is him. this is not for you. Imagine a corgi asleep, and you've seen the pictures. That don't, is... don't, don't lump him in. <laughs> that is, that is all that. other. If you imagine a corgi asleep, you've seen Hello. the pictures. Look at him. He's so <laughs> proud and noble. And he's looking. Oh, he's on a little Bailey towel. And apparently, that towel was sent in by Vince McMahon. Vince clearly a big supporter of Ryan. Well, obviously, he's he's being inducted into the 2020 uh, WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, not, honestly, not a lot else to talk about on this episode. Uh, so it is mostly uh, Ryu's debut. There he is uh, wearing his little bow tie again. Uh, that is him licking his own snoot. Uh, I, do, I don't think we've seen him napping yet. There he is. Okay, good. Sorry. Yep, great. A tiny little baby. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. Lo- That's fine. I'll replace you with this little proud. <laughs> Here he is. He's so gorgeous. Oh, proud, proud and noble. And lest let me forget, a Hall of Famer. Uh, so, you know, oh, look, 
little Bailey towel there. Absolutely glorious. Making his entrance because he's a boss dog, much like his much like his human. Oh, he's absolutely adorable. Okay, there talk about oh, the hi, match Laurie. Now. Talk about the match now. Okay. Because uh, this was really good. This was really, like, this was the, this achieved the levels uh, that the hype, I think, was setting up for. This, this the, when the match was announced last week, it started trending uh, on Twitter. And I think I was, all my expectations were met of watching Io Shirai and Sasha Banks finally, like, have a, have a proper match. Um, there was some really, really cool stuff in this. There was a really great bit where like Banks had slowed things right down and EO starts to break out of like having her arms pulled behind her back and EO just hits these two knees to the face and then just effortlessly leaps into a head scissors that ends up in like ends up in the corner with EO getting like dunked into the turnbuckle and then this huge Frankensteiner to Sasha Banks that sends her halfway across the ring and she's like she's selling up a storm or incredibly hurt because she was just like <laughs> arching her back and rolling around. It was, it was really, really cool stuff. I mean, there was a few bits where like, I think kind of the ambition outstripped uh, the fluidity in terms of like being able to nail what they wanted to do, but there was some really, really good stuff. There was like a bit of a scramble when EO did a bit of a springboard bit. Um, but this led to a moment where Sasha did a sunset flip power bomb through the ropes splat onto the plexiglass bailey loses her damn mind in the background screaming um honestly i i couldn't be happier with this match i just thought it was bloody brilliant uh until the finale which got a bit schmozzy but that mm. is the nature of attempting to keep two people looking strong so the finish is uh uh, Io Shirai gets Asuka into a crossface and it's locked in pretty damn tight and they're trying to get towards the ropes and uh, Banks is fighting off. Bailey hops into the sort of, into the picture and starts trying to slide one of the women's tag team titles into the ring. But in like that really, it's like, um, but again, like the referee is a video game character. Just like if I drop this here, he must be attracted to it. So it, like like when you drop the porno mags in like Metal Gear Solid, it's like oh, that. Yeah. He just goes, oh, that's immediately there for me. And he just grabs at it and tries to like take it away as everyone's scrambling. And as he turns around to inevitably chuck it out of the ring, Bailey dunks uh, Io Shirai. And then Bailey runs around and starts fighting over the belt with the referee completely distracting him. Sasha goes to get the other belt that's been left. But as she grabs that, who should appear but Asuka to hit her with the green mist, which gives Io the chance to roll up Sasha. That's a really close two. There's a big Shote palm strike. And then an Asai moonsault finishes things up. And then there's just this moment when the roll-up happens and the referee's like, yeah, well done, Io, you won. That's brilliant. And then he sort of catches Asuka and he catches Sasha's green face, and he's like, oh, I effed up. I, <laughs> I really effed up. Uh, uh, so unfortunately, I can't overturn any decisions or anything like that. I, I, I really did mess this up really quite badly. But I think, what do you, what do you think of that finish? Because I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I just kind of wish there was a more elegant solution to this finale. Because I don't really like Asuka using the mist here either. Like, I feel like Asuka and Io were being presented as the baby faces. And the mist, I get that sort of it feels like a comeuppance thing for Sasha, but I still don't quite like it. At this point, we are just, uh, we, we should just give up trying to get wrestlers to stop spitting at each yeah, other. Yeah. They literally just NXT's like... NXT's been got... really bad for it as well. Just 
gobbing fluids towards other people's faces, like you know, just spitting in people's open mouths. Like, like that's gross. Even when there isn't a pandemic, and even when you have, oh, anyway, look, look, we we could just go through the entire kind of vomit thing from uh, Robert Stone two weeks ago. Look, I didn't think that the ending was too rough. It's just, I I, I agree. It's not. It's very main roster. It's very kind of like trying to keep all the all the plates spinning, and especially if you're if you are presenting this as an event, uh, which you know you they weren't until obviously Fighter Fest was a thing. Uh, but if you are you know proclaiming this to be a sort of takeover style match on a takeover style event, I think that would it would disappoint people. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't mind it too much because, like I said, I think this match was so good. Um, I, I I think with a crowd there. Uh, this would be, I think, probably have been elevated to best TV match of the year, or or like, or certainly within contention, because like Sasha's return to NXT, uh, having a match with Io Shirai, and for all of this to happen with no crowds, it's absolutely tragic occurrence. Because I think people like, and just the pace of this match, um, at both people going hell for leather, like that oh, brilliant tope, which is just like crushes Sasha Banks like mm-hmm. an accordion. Like I forget, we forget how good Sasha is at selling, especially in a big match environment. Um, I think with a with a with a crowd, uh, this the, it has everything an NXT crowd wants, uh, and I think it would have been something truly special. Uh, as it stands, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the COVID era of wrestling, it's one of the better TV matches I think that they've had. Uh, I really, really liked it. I think it had some, de- it, it probably a bit more fluidity than the actual triple threat with with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, no one got brained uh, in the top of the head, which was nice. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it's just that there's always something missing from no fans wrestling uh even you know with with the piped in uh, st- uh studio crowd who are at least wearing masks now mm-hmm. so that's something it's uh it was it, but you know in terms of what we can get this was almost as good as we can get and i don't mm-hmm. think any amount of kind of um you know gobby finishes uh can denigrate the fact that the match was brilliant really i think this and it's interesting as well because i think the we wouldn't be getting this uh without the kind of situation i think they wouldn't be pushing sasha banks into big singles matches without having had to having had to rely on her and bailey for quite a lot of uh smackdown during this period of time and realizing that they're a really brilliant pairing more than being just like they they you know they just stuck them together to be like well you just work well together and then i think they've really come into their own mm. during lockdown and then you've got yeah you wouldn't have, you probably wouldn't have asuka have having risen to where she's risen like you wouldn't have io shirai as champion i think that like giving people kind of what they want and also, yeah I, I think also just because literally they'd be on the road wouldn't they so you wouldn't even have that ability to be like well we're all filming at the performance center so we can just have this match between Sasha and EO. And it's not really like a cost to the company to do that because we have all the performers in one area for the first time in probably the company's history, like to just have everyone located in that one, like just centered around one place every day of the week. So yeah, I think it's it's fascinating to think that like we're getting we're kind of just being given dream matches just by sheer like sheer luck, really, in the sense of 
people just happen to be there. So they're just going, oh, chuck them together. Um, and I think this, this again, that finish with Asuka continues that fit, that uh, idea that they wanted to have more main roster talent on the NXT shows in, a, in an attempt to give it a boost. Asuka is obviously the, the biggest star in the women's division right at this moment. Um, and I really do think that adds a little ripple of excitement going through the Great American Bash. It made it feel like the pay-per-view event that wasn't just chucked together to be like, well, we're programming against Fighter Fest. You know, that it felt like it, it felt like something that should be a sort of regular part of the NXT calendar. Um, I think next week's will be more interesting to see what happens in the Keith Lee Adam Cole match and how they try to get through that finish and whether they're just going to go for the straight, like a very clean finish and have a double champion for a bit, which I think is the, the right thing to do and the better storyline whichever guy you pick, or whether they're going to do a sort of carrying cross interference and try to uh, try to keep both belts separated on separate people, which I think suggests that this was never really the plan and has just been thrown together as sort of a bit of excitement to try to siphon viewers away from a certain other company. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Because the rest of the show, I think, didn't have that same feeling as this main event with Sasha and Io. It, it didn't have that... Um, it didn't grab me and like a lot of the booking last week when they were announcing all of it I was like this doesn't feel like a big deal um, mm. you know they I mean last week when they were talking about it they hadn't announced EO and Sasha on NXT they they had only just sort of vaguely set it up but we had the announcement of the women's fatal four-way last week we had the uh, Rhea Ripley Robert Stone 
and a Leah handicap match. And we also had Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong in the strap match announced. I wasn't massively bothered by any of these going in, but I was pleasantly surprised by two of them. Uh, one of them was about as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> so the Women's Fatal 4-Way kicked off the show, and it was Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox in an elimination match to decide the number one contender to Io Shirai. I really like. I liked the balance in this match. I liked the storytelling throughout. Um, it went quite long. It, it had a really good amount of time in it. Um, and I think an interesting winner was picked. I think Tegan Knox picking up mm. the victory. So it's sort of... Um, we started out and everyone sort of ganged up on Candice LeRae and decided they were just going to murder her and get rid of her. So, um, like, as much as LeRae and Kai tried to sort of get out of the way, they ended up really being the targets for Yim and Knox, who were working together for a lot of it. Um, so how did it fit? Yeah, that was it. Uh, Knox ran into LeRae with a big splash. Kai hit then sort of... Kai was in the corner, so she was going for, like, a double splash. Kai ran out of the way, then hits this big boot. She catches a big boot off Yim. Uh, they double suplex... Uh, her and then there's an eat defeat and the ray is out of there i think it was eat defeat or protect neck one of the two i think it's soul food oh i think it's the other one that's it i think that's eat defeat but is it not or soul food well soul soul food i mean maybe which which one is which they're all just neck moves Uh, yeah it's all a variant like like what what eat defeat is when it's the, the straight leg with the sole of the foot there but i actually think soul food weirdly is the one where the knee is against the face it's difficult it's difficult Does that not protect your neck i don't know well it was it was a move on her neck and then she was out <laughs> uh there was a little bit of miscommunication there between Knox and yim um and kai got a big roll up and sort of got yim eliminated and then you ended up with Knox and kai the feud that won't die uh to finish off the match um mm. which i I'm thought that's sure. the- I'm not sure what happened there with just just while we're on uh, Yim's elimination. Something seemed a little botched there. And I don't know if that's just because uh, there was a little bit of mistiming. And so it felt a little underwhelming or because like uh, so Yim hits a code blue on Kai. Right. And then I don't know if I don't think Kai was like knock silly, but like the referee counted the two and then Kai didn't really kick out it was more like yim kicking kai out for her she thought she like like yim just went Whoa, but like kai didn't really do anything and i don't know if that was just like a mistiming on, on kai's part or if it's literally just like i'm inventing it by seeing it uh but then there was a slightly awkward crucifix pin that didn't quite work um and then the akana roll with the bridge and it, I, I don't i don't know like it, it's just something i noticed um it, it seemed like oh there's something a little off there but i i don't think like i don't think like there was a, a wrong person pinned or anything like that just mm. a little moment of weirdness nxt loves a crucifix pin recently i've absolutely been lapping up that stuff um so the, then we ended up sort of yeah again like the 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 kai and Knox feud um they were absolutely murdering each other in the break as uh, Shaquille O'Neal, who seemingly is on every advert, was oh, uh, you know, just telling us about a pizza that he's sponsored or whatever. Uh, it's really big, apparently. It's got so much pepperoni. That pizza has so much pepperoni on it. It's mm-hmm. like every inch of the surface of that pizza is covered in pepperoni. America, you are animals. <laughs> <laughs> Please, everyone, listen to Shaquille O'Neal. Forget about actual Papa John. Please. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, it's weird. I don't like 
the the dual adverts things yeah, i'm not because really you know like during the main event as well like you know it's like we're going to be uninterrupted from advert remember this is brought to you by mountain dew and then also uh just like randomly at some point maro being just like wow tope suicida crushing just like the Miz's upcoming new show cannonball mm -hmm. it's like i don't remember this nxt didn't things didn't used to be quite as corporate but like that's that's griping. It is on a main network now, and that is a promotion for the brand. So this kind of stuff is to is to be expected. I guess. Mm. Well, so yeah, we were saying that Kai looked like she got knocked silly during that code blue. There was another moment where Kai looked like she got absolutely leathered as well, where Knox went for the the reverse cannonball that she does and just chinned her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like she hit her so hard that Knox came off it going, ow. My back has hit one of the <laughs> one of the points on your body that is very painful. It's like that point was her chin. <laughs> also, right uh, earlier in the match, uh, can uh, like um, I think it's Candice and and Kai are both on the the ring apron, and basically Candice like does like a face buster, but it, she but Kai lands wrong. She lands on the corner of the ring apron, so she just absolutely leathers her in the face. Oh. Kai had a Kai had a rough old time. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then to be the yeah, and then to be at the end of that putting putting over Tegan Knox, which is uh, I think is fine. So there was a, there was yeah, uh, Knox missed the shiniest wizard. Kai goes for a crucifix. She kicks out. Kai transitions directly into the submission that she's been using, but uh, Knox manages to power out. She hits a molly go round, and then the shiniest wizard. And Knox picks up the victory. So we're going to get Knox versus Io Shirai at some point in the future. That's going to be a good match. I'm I'm excited for that. I think that's a that's a that's also a fresh pairing in NXT. Um, so I think that was I think like I would have preferred Candice or Kai. I think. Frankly. Mm, I was hoping for Kai, and I thought it was gonna be Kai because am I missing something? Is Raquel Welsh out? Like I don't know because I for for me the only thing like there's a couple of things about this episode of NXT that don't quite sit right, and it, I think most of it is just like the Great American Bash ness, and there's a general level of fakeness going on, which like I get it, uh, but like there, there's a kind of this it's a quite a lot of like stuff that makes you just go. Huh. about nxt generally speaking a good episode like i i've liked this week's episode of nxt just watching it more than i've liked uh, a lot of episodes of nxt recently again not saying nxt is bad but the one thing that kind of like i was just like huh, what hmm. uh which normal nxt would probably have a bit more attention to detail with is res Raquel gonzalez because mm -hmm. she is the diesel to dakota kai's Shawn michaels and this there's big stakes in this match right why is Raquel Gonzalez not out there? So they and said she was banned from ringside early. Like Mara said on commentary, she was banned from ringside. That anyone was banned from ringside. But it's like it's it's a no disqualification match. So what they're gonna if she comes out, what they're gonna do? Mm. It's with it. It's perfectly legal for her to like she she might not be allowed to accompany Kai to the ring, but if she walked out, they're not. It doesn't stop the match her involvement at all. So just break the rules. You were breaking the you kind of breaking the rules anyway to to get involved in the match. So yeah, it, it feels, it does feel a bit odd to um, have made that pairing so tight and especially to um, like, they are building into it that Kai only wins with Gonzalez's help and Gonzalez really is doing all the heavy lifting, but I don't think this was the place to explore that facet of the, the relationship. I think you could have had Gonzalez appear, try to get involved in the finish and then maybe Yim 
comes out and yeah, attacks sure. Gonzalez to sort of distract her, giving Knox enough time to pick up the win. There, there's a lot to do here. I, I, I'm assuming then that Gonzalez couldn't be there, and that's more likely why she wasn't involved in the match because it feels like it feels like a glaring omission. Um, explaining away that in commentary as well like do it you know doing a backstage segment because like stuff can get missed uh in commentary and like i said yeah like 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 you said like it doesn't need yeah, even if this like oh if maybe elimination matches aren't no disqualification because you can disqualify mm. someone I, I get maybe but like I, I, surely it's more effective to kind of keep that pairing visually on camera and then yeah just have some some like Mia Yim come out to even the odds or, or something like that rather than just have Raquel kind of noticeably absent because yeah like it, it sh if we're talking about the championship here it does feel like a wasted opportunity to have Dakota Kai call upon her, her biggest equalizer mm. yeah, yeah I, I still think I still think it was good uh I yeah I think the the there was, I think, there were three really good choices for people to take on Io Shirai coming out of this match. I think, like, as much as I like Mia Yim, I just, I think she's had a few opportunities at the championship and doesn't necessarily need one immediately again. I think her feud with Candice LeRae and the Keith Lee Johnny Gargano thing is something that can bubble away kind of in the background near constantly for them. So, yeah, I think Knox or Kai and at a push, Candice would have been the better choices, the best choices here. And so Knox winning, I think I'm very happy with, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to, to see that match in the future. We then got a little promo segment from Damien Priest, who said that he didn't really understand what kind of a man Cameron Grimes is. Neither do I. Uh, he said that you slash my tires, but you won't claim it. You, you uh, attack me before the match, but you won't own it. Now you have my full attention, and the beating that I'm going to give you is something that will live forever. This was good promo work. I still don't really get what they're doing with Priest. They just like him being a constant present on presence on TV, but not really going anywhere. He's just sort of stuck. Doesn't he have a lovely voice, though? He does have a lovely voice. I think he should be on commentary. He should just narrate it. I, 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 maybe it'd be too sensual, actually, if he narrated it, because he's, yeah. It just melts you, doesn't it? Uh, we, then, we then saw Sasha and Bailey getting ready. We then had Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan, a match that I didn't know I wanted until I saw it. Uh, this was two dudes just stretching each other out. It was 90% mm -hmm. a wrist lock, uh, and I loved it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what else to say. Like, I, I almost wish that it was like this. They had just said, okay, let's just drop pretense here, and like let's... Right, we'll book the finish, sure. But why don't we just go out there and actually have a wrestling match and see yeah. what happens? Like at the, un, a completely unscripted wrestling match, because that is what that is basically what they scripted was just it felt like a very draw, it was like slow going, drawn out wrestling match, uh punctuated by harsh chops from Lorcan <laughs> every so often. Um and there was some really, there was some really good back and forth there. That most of it was very technical, but there was there was that one brilliant moment where Thatcher sort of started slapping Oni, and Oni fired up to hit three huge chops. The, the final one basically turning Thatcher inside out, uh, and then we kind of got the reverse of that later on, where Oni started going for chops, and Thatcher catches one and slaps him down, and gets him into a, a a hold, and then Oni tries to break out using a fish hook. Um, but as the sort of referee's counting for the fish hook to be broken, that's when that gives Thatcher enough time to sort of maneuver and get himself into the Fujiwara armbar, and that picks him up the victory. Um, but he holds it after the fight, after the referee uh, declares the victory, after only taps. So Thatcher is obviously the heel here. 
Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of the, the the weird thing about this is like, I all the Thatcher's Thatch Cad stuff kind of warmed me to Thatcher again. I, I get that he's the heel because of the Matt Riddle stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the, the kind of Thatcher's Thatch Can segments, as I was growing to like them week on week, I was sort of like, no, I actually quite like Thatcher as a character now. And so it was kind of weird when everyone in the crowd was really heavily booing everything he did. Because mm. I was just like, oh, I don't know. I just, I think he's pretty good now. He's um, just trying to teach people. He's just exactly, trying to teach people yeah, how to be yeah. a monster like him. You can, yeah, you can't tell, blame him. I could tell why you really like this match though, which is because now that I look at this uh, picture, I could see that actually... If you take only Lorkin's face and Timothy Thatcher's face and combine them, mm. you get this face on the right. I no, no just, some, just something I noticed. You've got to, you've got to. So, you could do that with about what ninety percent of male wrestlers, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, they all make up either you or Luke. Um, <laughs> I, I I dug this match. Uh, I really did, and I thought one of the great selling points of this week's NXT was its general variety. Uh, I think you are right in the sense that a lot of the card felt contrived or last minute or like scrappily put together, but it was a varied card. Like mm. there was uh, comedy, comedy jobbers. There was a uh, four-way elimination uh, with some cool spots. Oh, forgot to mention this spot, by the way. That's rad. Oh um, yeah. That was the best bit. That, uh, for those who haven't seen it yet, that was uh, Mia Yim stepping off of Dakota Kai's back to hit a huge head scissors on Tegan Knox. That was bloody awesome. Uh, yeah, you got two dads fighting in a car park like this. You have the horniest match that NXT have ever had in the strap match between uh, Dexter Loomis and Roderick Strong. Um, and you've got, yeah, the the excellent women's main event. And of course, uh, Ryu was there as well. So like the the actual variety in this in this night is really, really enviable. Um, I, I, I liked it. Um, it had one of my favorite moments of the night, which is just like, I love it when wrestlers refuse to do an Irish whip. I love it because it doesn't make sense. It's it like of all the rules of all the moves in wrestling that no one questions. The Irish whip is like the <laughs> biggest one when someone just whips you and then you keep running because you feel you have to. Um, no, instead. So at one point, um, that just Irish whips Odie Lorcan, who just stops. Uh, he just but he, he walk he runs and then he just stops, turns around and then latches himself onto <laughs> Thatcher's head with his gigantic thighs. And I was just like, brilliant. Yeah, know, that, but for the every. What, for every time you chip away at the little the pillars that hold wrestling up, like it's gonna come crumbling down. That's the thing. <laughs> like you break that bit of imaginary physics, and you have opened Pandora's box, my friend. And only only Lorcan is now he's he is to blame if wrestling begins to crumble. Wow! Of all the matches on the show, I wouldn't expect this one to be the one that you think is ruining wrestling. Yeah, this is this, that. Well, it's because it's yeah, it killing the, the business it boy ruins the illusion. Uh, <laughs> Um, so the next uh, next we got a promo from Karrion Cross that said it's not about the time you put in it's about the time you take away that's pretty much all I managed to really gather which was the final line uh, Very it, was, Wyatt. it was Very. mumbo jumbo uh, and it, it, it was fine like I, I really like the way the vignettes look I really like the presentation of Karrion Cross um, I actually think that him talking doesn't do much for me um, okay. I actually, I think he's better as a silent character. I think he's kind of like, I really like the Scarlet should be the mouthpiece. Um, and I think she should also be the Herald and, and we should see 
as little of carrying cross as you can possibly manage to keep it kind of like magical like i think that's kind of the, the best thing to do because I mean, you just want Scarlet Bordeaux on your screen, just like... Constantly. No, no, I'm thinking I'm thinking about it like in a sort of Bray Wyatt, The Fiend thing, like overexposing The Fiend. Like Bray, the, the brilliance of having the, the duality of that character is you've got Bray to do all the talking and then you still, when he becomes The Fiend, that's still special. And I think Karrion Cross has that kind of mystique about him and you can keep it really special by doing things like having Scarlet delivering the hourglass, which seemingly has been forgotten about currently um hopefully that makes a comeback next week but not during the match after the match um oh. has oh. to be after the match if it, comes, if it happens oh. during the match i know i'm gonna say it now i'm gonna call it bad uh no matter how good the match is i'm gonna say it's terrible and i'm angry because yeah what's the point don't hype things up and stop making decisions all the time i'm i'm getting bored of nxt just trying to like it's becoming like a sitcom. They're just trying to reset to the exact same every week while continually being like build momentum, build momentum, build momentum, and back to normal. You um, don't want them to be the boy that cried wolf. You really, really don't. Because uh, uh, so the the I, I really like the vignette. I mean, I I get what you mean in that. Like if 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 you're gonna do kind of spooky hokey like. Uh, Bray Wyatt-esque writing. It's probably better coming out of Scarlet because we're just used to her as a talker. Um, I, I actually thought that Karrion Cross like sold it though. Like, and I, I guess it's kind of it's good to know that he can talk because mm -hmm. I think that's one of those things that kind of fans will always kind of like, you know, if you don't hear them talk, you know, fans just assume that they can't. But I think he's got like a good voice and it's yeah, the tone of the of the promo uh yeah so the tone the promo also featured footage of keith lee uh, and it also featured footage of adam cole he's definitely ruining the match oh, next week which is yeah. which is such a sh i i like i'm with you i really don't want that to happen i'm not 100 percent sure that a double champion is what's needed i actually think there's enough in nxt to justify you know multiple divisions and multiple championships um but you cannot build this up and not deliver it at this point because mm -hmm. then next time you try and counter program against AEW, no one's going to tune in because you've pulled this before. Pull the trigger and and deliver on your promise, please. The yeah, have they said when, have they said when the next takeover is? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Well, so... maybe maybe that's looming because I, I would I would suggest doing, if you did the double champion, I would just do it for a, a short period of time, literally drop it at the next takeover. But I think that's the best way to go. I think pick a double champion, have a double champion for one month, two months, whatever it is, do your big takeover, have Karrion Cross take the belt there. But I, I think him interfering in the match is just going to leave people sour. And mm. like you said, it's diminishing returns, isn't it? Because there's only so many times you can keep pulling the rug out from under people and being like, ha-ha, you were fooled again. You thought something was going to happen, but it didn't. Um, and people are just going to be like, well, buggy you, I'm going to watch AEW instead because at least maybe they might be building something that goes somewhere um again like uh, i think karen cross is great uh is a brilliant character i just don't want to see it overexposed i don't want to see it involved in finishes like if the, if next week if he comes in and ruins that match i, I think that's just going to reflect badly on cross like oh hugely yeah people are just going to take their anger and just direct it at him being like you just you stole the finish again um, that that will tarnish his character more than any kind of like iffy promos or anything. The fact that he is involved in a really horrible bit of booking, it it has it has a cooling off effect, a significant yeah. one.
So you're better you're better off having someone win the big win the double championship, like say Keith Lee wins the double championship. He goes up the ramp, holds both belts in the air, and then he's locked in the cross jacket from behind. And yeah. that that is that closes your show is carrying cross taking down Keith Lee. There's your heat, like because yeah, you basically you if you steal, like don't don't steal the match, you can steal the 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 celebration. Yeah. Then, which is like like again, you probably do want to have Keith Lee have his moment, but that is the energy that you can take from us and use that to generate anger for Karrion Cross. Doing that by taking the actual match promised from us will be a lot worse. Yeah. Talking of a lot worse, Rhea Ripley versus Robert Stone and Aaliyah. Uh... Hey, you show some respect <laughs> to, to Robert Stone. Right, so me, giant me, S on yeah. his penis. So me and Andy were talking about this last week and we just said that like this is just booking that does nothing for anybody involved. Like, and I think I think it was actually funny uh this time. Uh, that they've done something with Robert Stone. I enjoyed the coming out in the boxing gear. I enjoyed him getting ready, putting in his little gum shield, putting on his goggles and getting ready for the match. But I don't think the match itself does anything for anyone involved. It may, it continues to make Robert Stone look like a chump. Uh, it doesn't make Rhea Ripley look any better for beating someone who is... She's put in a bin two times already. So it's not like she's overcoming a li- like renowned wrestler Aaliyah who gets, <laughs> they, they take her out, like dust off the dust every couple of months and then put her in a squash match and then back in the cupboard she goes. That is Aaliyah's NXT trajectory in a nutshell. And then, yeah, Robert Stone is a man who's been in the bin or been drunk the last few weeks. It's not, this is, it's a Pyrrhic victory for Rhea Ripley to win this because it doesn't do anything for her at all. No. It is just, it, and it, it just smacks of giving her something to do because you have to give her something to do, but you haven't had any creative ideas. And the thing better would have been her actually being in the bloody Robert Stone brand and trying to work out how to be in the Robert Stone brand. Well, that's it. Like you, you, like you, I think generally speaking, like bookings, bookings, not that tricky. I I think just when you, when you are at a, at a crossroads like this, just go with the option that has more, go with the more narratively interesting option. And the more interesting option here is, yeah, uh, Rhea Ripley being in the Robert Stone brand and trying to get out and maybe coming around to the fact that Robert Stone may be able to try and help her. Like maybe she starts winning matches based on like, uh, you know, interference from him that she doesn't want initially, but maybe that's, she starts to think, because she said, you know, in a, in an interview way back before the triple threat with Charlotte and Io Shirai, she said, I don't care anymore. I need that title back. It's everything to me and I'll do whatever I have to do. And maybe Robert Stone is, could have been the answer. I just feel like, like, like you said earlier, like reset, right? After this match, it's, we're back to normal. Robert mm-hmm. Stone is still a loser. Aaliyah is still a loser. They're both losers, but more so. And Rhea Ripley is pretty good. Uh, not pretty good. She's great, but like she is, you know, a dominant babyface. All of the things that went into the match came out of the match, which just gave this whole thing a completely kind of filler placeholder feel. Whereas it's like, yeah, like NXT is normally so much better at taking a story and adding just a little bit of something extra. Mm-hmm week until you've built up something that has felt gradual and organic and this is just sort of like a well like you say we've got these three people so let's just let's just do a thing i mean the double prism trap was awesome looking uh yeah, that is that something that, that is something that generally Rhea can add to kind of her show reel 
I guess. But other than that, yeah, like... And she dumped Aaliyah into Robert Stone's balls as well. That happened. She sure did. She sure emasculated did. him properly this time. Uh, he... Nonsense. <laughs> I hate and it's it. also, also <laughs> just like, look at him. Like, this isn't Michael Cole, uh, you know, strapping up and getting ready for a match. It's not the coach. Like, yeah. this guy is in better shape than all the people that wrestle talk combined uh like he doesn't like yeah they literally had to put stupid like lab you know laboratory goggles on him to make him look ridiculous because he's in great shape mm. uh i don't know like it didn't didn't yeah didn't do anything for me it either. just yeah i just i just bit of fun the, the, yeah exactly but the, i think the correct choice for this feud would have been to trick Ripley into signing for the Robert Stone brand. Like that is so much more interesting. There's so much more like you can make her the sort of stone cold baby face then. You can you can make it about being against sort of the corporate side of WWE because you've literally got this corporation who's got contractual uh control over her. Um and I, I just think it's a missed opportunity to even set up the match with the like and just sort of skimp out on doing that like what what are they going to do with Rhea Ripley now like they, well, they, they're keeping her on the burner until they can do something with Charlotte eventually right people so, people aren't going to tune in because like oh I hope Rhea Ripley's on this show because I seem to remember her being quite dominant in her last match that's not a reason to tune in a reason to tune in would be let's see what happens with Rhea being in this company that she doesn't want to be in that is a reason to tune in next week that the, the ultimate kind of like it's it's hard to be like objective this is the objectively wrong booking point but simply simply put there's no reason to tune in next week as a result of this match mm. where it would have been a reason to tune in had it gone a different way which yeah. they which they actually put there like they actually created that context that dilemma so yeah a bit head scratching Then we had uh, Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis, which opened with a really cool match. It's the horniest match I've ever (laughs) seen. Goodness, they kept using the term strap on, didn't they? Oh, Oh, man. People kept kept going, uh, strap on, Roddy and Shani in the crowd. Dexter likes it. (laughs) I, do you know what? I really quite enjoyed this match i thought it was i thought the promo going into it with roddy sort of getting hypnotized like it, it sort of it was like sort of inception it was sort of um what's the what is that f- film called i've forgotten now my brain's just died this week it's uh the the jordan peele film i can't remember get out get out that's it it reminds me of the like going into the sunken place um and he yeah he has all this thing and then they they literally cut that promo into the the intro for Roddy is the the shock the system music hits and Roddy does the dramatic eye open as the as the sort of sting happens. Um, comes down and says he's not scared of Loomis. They're trying to put the strap onto Roddy and he's sort of being like, Man, actually, you know, I don't really want to be strapped in. But he attacks him and goes, Look, I'm not even scared. Loomis fights back and forces the strap on. Okay. It's really hard to talk about this match without uh, I know. falling into the same <laughs> traps that falling into the same traps that they've fallen into. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there was some cool stuff here. Like, I, I think they they had some quite inventive uses of the strap. I really enjoyed the um, 
just when Loomis was just dragging Roddy around with it. Like Roddy rolled out of the ring to try and get away and Loomis just yanked him into the apron multiple times. And Roddy just leapt <laughs> like a mile into the air to be like, okay, I'm just going to splat myself on the apron then on my own. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, slow, but cool. It's, I well, one thing this match had hugely in its favor, and I was kind of like, good NXT, good old traditional NXT, is they didn't do that four corners bollocks where you have to drag your opponent around the ring and touch this corner, and touch that corner. Mm. Uh, I'm so glad they didn't do that. It's just a simple pinfall job, but you've got a big, horrible leather strap that you can leather each other with. Um, I, I, I didn't hate it. Like strap matches are not my favorite step just because they are generally a lot more awkward. Uh, you just, there's a lot more kind of like admin and physical busy work. Uh, we saw that in the finish with like struggling to get the strap around Roddy and it didn't quite look nice. There were, there were a couple of, there were a couple of nice bits. I really liked it when they decapitated Bobby Fish with the strap. Yeah. That looked bloody brilliant. On his little bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other bit out there, and then Loomis also went for his finisher sort of mid match by trying to put Roddy in a trunk, uh, which I think is, is definitely his actual finish to a match. Um, but yeah, then there's the... a weird bit of commentary where we just like, oh, imagine getting put in the trunk of a Dodge Viper, that's worse because the trunks are famously small. It's like, what, what, what is this? <laughs> What world? Of it's a, very a very strange advert for the Dodge Viper. Yeah, <laughs> you I've can have it, but you might you must talk about how limited the trunk space is. That's because the engine is so big, or something. I don't know. I know nothing about cars. Um, again, though, Fish comes out and just attacks Dexter Loomis like he wasn't also kidnapped. I don't. I don't know why Roddy's the only one who actually has emotions in the undisputed era. This is the pro this is the issue. It's not even that like. Like we keep saying that the guys have been gaslighting him about like, oh, Lewis isn't even there. Nothing has even happened. It's like Fish was also kidnapped and he's just fine. Yeah. And Roddy, yeah, and Roddy's apparently the coward for being like, well, you know, my job is I'm a wrestler. And so we have wrestling matches. We come to the ring and we have wrestling matches that are booked in order to win championships. Getting kidnapped is not part of the regular existence of a wrestler. So Roddy, like Roddy again, is completely justified in uh, what's happening. And the Undisputed Era are just making him look like a chump for not, uh, for just not, I guess, manning up. I don't know. It's very odd. Uh, yeah, but so Fish comes in to interfere. He gets clotheslined with a strap. Uh, they then uh, whip Roddy into Fish on the apron. Uh, and then that's when sort of Loomis drags him in for the sit-out Uranagi thing. And then his uh, finisher, which is called the Silence now. Um, and it was a bit clumsy. There was a bit too much bit too much strap, a bit too uh, difficult to work out how to safely wrap that around another man's neck and not choke him to death. Um, so they, I think they got there. I thought this was good. Um, I don't, I assume that's the end of the feud. I don't really know. Where do you go from here with Dexter Loomis? Um, you know, they, it seemed like they were building something with Velveteen Dream. That is very unlikely now. Um, so what, what do you do with Loomis from here? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think, I, I, I think we are gonna, well, we'll see if he starts talking. Because now that obviously I, I don't, yeah, I do not think that the tag champions thing with Velveteen Dream is going to happen. Uh, it's 
Dexter Loomis needs something else to want. And I think that generally comes from, I think, a new feud. I think NXT kind of has a few feuds that it feels like are done uh, after this show or feel like they maybe should be done, but aren't. Like Mia Yeerman and Candice, for me, feels like it, it, it might be done. But you know with the street fight probably will be the the final thing and this uh the whole dexter loomis versus the undisputed era feels like it's sort of done uh i mean undisputed era like they've had a difficult time uh since lockdown started really uh in kind of trying to get a foothold in like uh, stuff to do because obviously you don't have kyle o'reilly um you uh, yeah, Roddy and Bobby Fisher are doing this weird kind of emotions like storyline. And then Adam Cole is busy elsewhere. And it feels like Adam Cole's time is up and it feels like UE's time is generally up. So it feels like we are kind of shuffling around a, a, a kind of a time of reboot for NXT, but without like, with, I assume a SummerSlam takeover around the corner. It's not quite ready to do that yet. So things are just kind of very slowly, gingerly, and maybe after SummerSlam, things can get a little bit more energized and people can go kind of like sparking off in, in new directions. Yeah, they've really um, struggled to do it. They've really struggled to work out what to do with the Undisputed Era when they're not all champions. And like, you know, it, that the the promise the fulfilling of that promise to be like on that first show of NXT on USA to be like well we're all champions now we've got all the gold that's really cool it's the undisputed era I just think when that crumbled that should have been the end and obviously like it it crumbled at a time where um they couldn't really play out all of the bookings they had lined up so they've sort of been like we'll keep Adam Cole because that's quite safe and we'll do these other bits and bobs, and they've not really worked out what to do with the guys who are funny, but mm. I don't think they're funny in the way they've been packaged recently. It's um, very difficult. Like they're booking against, obviously, like we don't have to say that they're booking against the odds because, like, just the situation, like not being able to have all of the undisputed era, like it, it's. It's a really, really difficult time. Interest in wrestling is at a, a genuine, like, rock bottom low. All of the stuff they're doing to try and pop interest feels a little inorganic. Uh, and you and you feel it's not just NXT, by the way. This this is you feel it in AEW as well. There's a sharp decrease in kind of that sense of momentum and urgency and storylines playing out. It feels like no one is really willing to do the next big storyline thing because it's going to get ruined by the fact there are no fans. So it feels like everyone's just sort of shuffling, which is why this kind of winner takes all match is so kind of, it feels like the biggest thing NXT's done since COVID. Uh, and, you know, it's gosh, not going to end with a double champion. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a fans thing. This is, I think this is the thing. Like, it's a shame that there are no fans, but it's still a TV show and it still needs to make progress. Like we said, it's not a sitcom. It needs to start to have storylines that go somewhere to get people's investment in the product. Because, like, yeah, the more it just goes back to ones every time we finish a match and just everyone's allegiances and interests reset and they just pick someone else to have a feud with, yeah, my interest in it diminishes a little bit because I don't feel like we're going anywhere. I'm not getting excited about who will be the next NXT champion because that's probably going to be decided in six months' time. So I might as well just not bother caring until then. Um, I do care. 
and I, I want it to be Keith Lee and I want it to be next week. And I, like I said earlier in the podcast, I will be very angry if Karen Cross <laughs> gets involved before the finish of the match. Um, so then we got we did, then got actually a prime target for Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, which is a great little package. Really loved um, it set up the idea that Adam Cole wins when the chips are down and Keith Lee fails. He loses despite having these really good showings. I think it's it, it was a very fair point to point out that, like, you know, Keith Lee's big moments that everyone's talked about, he didn't win in those big moments. He just made the biggest impact. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. And there was a line from Keith Lee saying, Adam Cole, you may be undisputed, but I am unstoppable. What a line. Loved it. Uh, and then we got uh, Candice and Johnny were being interviewed backstage and Candice was uh, complaining about the four-way saying, yeah, it's meant to be a four-way match, but three people teamed up to take me out. Um, but then she just runs off out of the interview and Johnny starts trying to carry on the interview saying like, yeah, and Candice, yeah, it's, it's meant to be a, a four-way match and there's three on one. And, and Candice, she's, she's, she's the best looking off oh. in the distance. I love that. I thought it was really good. Um, they really Johnny, like each other. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Johnny runs up to uh, sort of get involved in Candice fighting Mia Yim backstage. Uh, Swerve is there. Johnny gets in Swerve's face. I feel like that's something that is probably going to happen next week. Yeah, maybe. I think, they'll, I think they'll just add that in next week. Uh, and it was all broken up. Um, we then got the final in-ring bit of the show before the main event which we've already talked about we got legado del fantasma coming out uh love the music love the look he was getting booed uh for everything he said here but i kind of agreed with a lot of it oh yeah <laughs> this was he was saying that lucha libre uh is kind of you you just expect a masked wrestler to be doing flips and stuff and it's so much more it's so much more than that it used to mean something they're going to build an empire um, they're gonna do etc 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 and everyone's like it's like there was one no, i bit, really agree with that there was one bit with the crowd like he was just like uh peaches people just say about lucha libre yeah it's just a bunch of dude in masks doing flips and then some and then a small child a crowd chant got started that is lucha and it's like you bastards oh, yeah. how 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 dismissive of you uh yeah it, it's always nice to see uh, a villain who is in the right but going about it in a objectionable way that is the the most interesting form of villainy yeah i i love this uh this faction i think they're brilliant and i i i am interested to see what happens when they get past the guy who runs out to confront them because stop doing it drake you yeah. just, literally i could i don't believe for a second that him and Breezango had a little chat backstage being just like if i if i go out there you guys got my back right i don't believe that for a second drake is just really stupid and decided <laughs> like well i almost got paralyzed last week here we go again like <laughs> At, at some point, you do stop rooting for a man. You, like you stop rooting for you know someone who can't stop running into traffic. A willful idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, this and this is the thing. So he comes out with a neck brace on. He takes off the neck brace and then rushes the ring to immediately get double teamed by Mendoza and Wild. Uh, it is really really dumb and then uh escobar takes off some of his gear and gets in his face and says uh i told you that no one can touch me little guy um in which brizango run out and they get involved they take out wilder mendoza which leads santos to bail um and then fandango cuts a promo pretending he's damian priest <laughs> just being like next week we'll take you on at the great american bash i don't know why he was doing like such a voice it, 
He, he put on like he put on his most serious voice. The man called Fandango, who is a ballroom dancer, <laughs> put on his most serious voice to challenge uh, the brilliant uh, Ligado del Fantasma to a match. Um, I'm excited for the match, though. Yeah. Uh, Again, I I wonder whether they'll have Brizango carry Drake to the victory over Escobar to set up like Drake being a legitimate contender for the cruiserweight championship, because um, he's at some point he's got to stop running into the traffic, like you said. He's got to he's got to start you know waiting and and going about it the right way. Uh, wait wait at the crossroads and wait for the green man. But um, yeah, it's just. It's weird that he keeps running at him and, and expecting, on, and, ex- and it's like it's the definition of madness, isn't it? To keep mm. doing the same thing and expecting different results. So, yeah, I, I don't really. I thought, I thought the sort of punctuation point of him going through the table felt like the moment to be like, well, you have positioned him as the ultimate underdog now. So now he either needs to get clever and start building into um, being a legit contender. But then he's just come out immediately with a neck brace on and done exact same thing. I thought he was going to like have the neck brace on, walk down to the ring, and they were going to be just like take it easy on him because he's got a neck brace and like mock him, and then he would rip the neck brace off and then just get in a little bit of a flurry because that at least is some form of a plan. That's different from what he did last week. But instead, he just like being like, "Well, off this comes at the top of the ramp." Yeah, yeah, and then just you didn't <laughs> injure me as much as you thought, but now I'll give you the opportunity to do it again. <laughs> moron uh, yes uh he is uh not not coming out well on this um we then got cameron grimes backstage talking like damien priest as well uh he called out keith lee and adam cole saying that he's the number one contender so we'll see where that goes that is a good first squash match for a double champion if i ever saw one um mm. if you do do a double championship um and then yeah then to just before the main event they made a couple of matches for next week's show they said that uh, Drake Maverick and Breezango are going to take on the Garda del Fantasma and Mia Yim and Candice LeRae are going to settle things next week in a street fight um so that is also added to obviously the Adam Cole versus Keith Lee match i think we'll probably get Johnny versus Swerve Anything else you can imagine for next week? It's Mercedes is back. Mercedes, oh, Mercedes is back. Mercedes Martinez is uh, is making her return to NXT. So I imagine she'll be she'll be crushing maybe Casey Catanzaro or, or something oh, yeah. like that. Wheel out Casey. Here she comes. Not one a match ever. Happy to be here. Look at her climb <laughs> the ring post. That's delightful. Ah, oh, she's dead. She's really <laughs> flexible. Look. <laughs> Puny God. Oh, my Lord. Uh, well, that is that is all of NXT this week. I thought it was... A... Which is your favourite of these Ryu pitches? Uh, I just... I want to know which one. Because obviously, like, I'm going to send all of the... Yeah. He looks like... He does look like he's in a strap match, though, which does kind of taint it for me. I'm just going to send uh, each of these... one Like, one of these pitches to each of the guys at WrestleTalk so you can have, like, something new for your phone background. Oh, I nice. think I think that one's mine. The uh, Ryu being inducted into Hall of Fame. I love corgis. What's your favourite type of dog? Uh, schnauzers, because they're hypoallergenic, so I can be near them for long periods of time without dying. Uh, so that, yeah. Um, so that is actually all we have time for NXT. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good show. The main event, uh, especially, was a real standout. It felt very thrown together, as we've said. Uh, throughout the podcast it did feel quite chucked in there but i think a lot of the matches managed to transcend that and become something slightly more i think the, the women's fatal four-way was very good i think strong versus uh dexter loomis had a bunch going for it despite the sort of 
hokey gimmick that they gave it. Um, what did you think, Adam? It was a fake event. It did. Not, it was not a real event. You lied, WWE. But uh, it, like, that hokiness permeates the whole show. Uh, there is a feeling of like this has been made with like you know Pritt stick and cynical and motivations. Well, that's the thing. But as 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 a two hours. Uh, it's I've enjoyed this two hours of NXT uh, more than uh, more than a lot of N- NXT. And again, I we get accused of of being down on NXT quite a bit. But uh, if there's any show that deserves like closer scrutiny than anything else that WWE puts out, it's NXT. Um, I feel like the highs are so high that the the middling middling isn't good enough for a show that is capable of being the best thing in wrestling. Like Raw and SmackDown are generally like they're not great uh, in no fans, but Raw and SmackDown actually, I for me haven't felt as much of a shift in quality uh, in 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 the coronavirus uh, wrestling era. This like, and that's the thing is like why maybe I am a little down on NXT more often than I should be is because I feel it with NXT because like this show with a crowd. Uh, I would, re- I think, I would struggle to to have much negative to say outside of the Robert Stone stuff. Um, but I really, I really, really feel the lack of crowd with NXT, and it's it's heartbreaking. And like, there's only so much you can just go, well, yeah, but it's still it's still pretty good. When it's just like, yeah, NXT NXT's in a slump. Um, it is because. NXT has a passionate fan base and it's earned its passionate fan base and the passionate fan base isn't there. And right now, a lot of NXT is feeling artificial. There's matches we're excited for and and honest, like most of the time, the matches, the exciting matches we're promised are exciting matches we get, but it's really hard to kind of, it's, it's hard to not walk out of NXT and not feel sad because you know what it could have been. Raw and SmackDown probably wouldn't have been that great, uh, but like NXT, like this episode could have been absolutely bananas and yeah i i'm i'm sad but uh yeah sasha versus eo was electric and god bless uh ryu banks best king of dogs Have you ever actually owned a dog, Adam? No, and that's the that's where a lot of this is coming from. Is that I I've had a I my dad, bless my dad. I like my dad, but my dad is allergic to dogs. Uh, my mum has had a dog, lovely dog, uh, but uh, did not have him uh, when she met my dad. And like literally, the most we ever had uh, growing up was uh, hamsters. Had three of them. They all died after two years because that's did what hamsters take, do. Did you ever take the hamsters together to try and make a dog? No, we had. <laughs> Well, that's how, yeah, that's how your camera crew have got to do it. The dogs don't look like dogs on film. Um, no, so we we had um, so we had sequential hamsters. One hamster came along, uh, Pickles died. Then Mitzi died, and then Pepper died. Uh, but no, I, I I I've wanted like I've I'll I've always had it as a kind of mark of achievement. Like, I'll know I've made it when I, I I live in a place where it's a good idea to get a dog. Uh, and I want a corgi more than anything in the world. They're the world's cutest dogs. They little gentleman wolves. I love them. Little fluffy boys with their big heart butts. Um, I, I love them. And I, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't mind a cat, of course. But 
Uh, no, but it's not quite as good as a corgi. No, it won't show you as much love and affection to be such noble boys. And I, 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 I hate that this is the podcast bit because I can't show any more pictures of corgis. I mean, I, I can, like, there's one, but you, but people listening to my it's voice just for me, uh, and I can also just look away. No, don't look, look at him. He's wearing a bow tie. It's delightful. so we're. So we've been in contact with uh, uh, the Greyhounds Trust, uh, and we might be adopting a greyhound at some point in the near future. Ooh, a sick dog. A yes. sick-looking dog. I don't get greyhounds. They look like they are a, like a strong breeze away from dying. Yeah, that's great. I like it. Little little, quiver, <laughs> little quivery ones. They're fun. Uh... No, like, greyhounds are greyhounds are wonderful, noble beasts, but like yeah. you know, you little floof monster. I guess so. Do you have massive allergies? Do you will your brain explode if you're near a, an adorable dog? I think I'll be all right. Like I don't always. It depends, like the quantity of dog time and how close they've been to my eyes. Um, and then, so if they've been pretty close to my eyes, then I might die. Um, but I think I get. I kind of get used to it. I think it's normally. It's just because I don't have a dog. I've never had a dog. So, in the immediate meeting of a dog my my immune system just goes what is that and attempts to uh obviously attack me in an, an attempt to cure me of dog sickness i guess mm. i think that's science i think that's how it works um but i have met a lot of do- like recently saw a friend's puppy that was she got a little uh, golden um king charles spaniel oh that's a great dog it's it it is a stunning dog and it is so nice its name's honey it's brilliant oh that's cute yeah. i just i i uh, yeah i so it, it we we all need things to shoot for in this life uh we all need we all need lifelong goals and mine is to one day get a corgi and he will be my best friend and i will call him the professor and it will be the the happiest time of my life and 15 Unless years later he'll die <laughs> One, sorry. Unless the corgi dislikes you for some reason, that would suck. Because that but... can happen. Can it? I, yeah, I, like, I think. I think from what I've heard, it's fifty-fifty with dogs about whether they like you or not. Yeah, they are very judgmental creatures. Yeah, the man, the man's best friend thing is just like if they do like you, they will be your best friend. But they could also be your greatest enemy. Just from like, and then you just have to feed them and you know keep them in the house and stuff. I mean, you are you do strike me more as a cat person, just in the sort of the way that you reserve affection for us, your your best hmm. friends uh, at Wrestle Talk, uh, and how you kind of like you you will just occasionally just leave the room without any kind of you know goodbyes or anything, or you will uh, you know groom yourself whilst looking as directly in the eye with a superior sneer on your face. Like these these are all cat like qualities. Mm-hmm. I also um, I also run away to die. Um, that's another thing I do. Uh, but we haven't got there yet. And you will eat Ollie if he ever <laughs> Exactly. Well, uh, I think that's all we got time for. On oh, this sure, I guess. Of the NXT podcast, because <laughs> I, do you know what? I probably am a cat person more than a dog person, but we'll 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 resolve that at some other point. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You've got the magazine show coming up tomorrow. You've got SmackDown on Saturday, and then we're back on the grind again next week with Raw on Tuesday, etc., etc., etc. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.